And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. Where I pick the podcast. And I shut my cake hole. And today we will be talking about the seventh episode of the first season of Supernatural, titled Hookman. Jamie, what did you think? Wow. What an episode. <laughs> I don't know where to start. From the top? What was, your, what was, top. What was the first thing you, you noticed? So the first thing I noticed is she's in the, like, she's in the dorm room with her roommate. Uh-huh. And her roommate's like, uh, you look like Martha Stewart, I think she says. Yeah. I don't know. But she's like, wow, that shirt's hideous. First of all, I would totally wear that shirt. 100%. Yeah, it's cute. It's a very cute shirt. <laughs> and then she's like, you should wear this. And she holds up what is basically lingerie. And I'm like, they are very different vibes. The early 2000s fashion is atrocious throughout the whole season. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, no, that was uh, bad advice. Bad advice from the roommate. I'll agree with you there. Those two shirts are very different vibes. Mm. Like, if that's what she was going to wear, how is the second shirt appropriate Yeah. for, what's ha- like for what she's going to do? Yeah, it's like the first one is, like, just, like, casual. Like, we're going out for, like, a cup of coffee or we're going out for lunch. Like, it was nice. It was a nice shirt. It was a cute skirt. You know, whatever. And the second one was, like, we're going clubbing. I have a very unique sense of style, but if she's feeling comfortable wearing this and then you're yeah. going to offer her that... They are very different. Very different. And actually, like, that's, like, here's an important takeaway message. Kids, I say as a relatively young person with limited life experience. And also on a podcast that's probably going to be rated E because we drop F-bombs every third second. Yeah. Here's Bethany's PSA. That's really rude. That's my I'm bit. sorry. Stop stealing. I'm sorry. Okay, here's Bethany's unsolicited advice. I would suggest in any circumstance, whether it's going on a date, whether it's just going out with friends, whether it's whatever... Wear what makes you feel good and comfortable. Like, if someone else looks at it and goes, oh, that shirt's ugly, fuck them. They're the problem, not you, not the shirt. Unless, you know, and read the room. If you are going to, like, a funeral or something, maybe don't wear a bikini. If you're going to a wedding, don't wear white. You know, but generally speaking, if you feel good in something and you're like, this is what I've chosen, this is what I feel confident in, I like it, it feels like me, just fucking wear it. And if anyone tells you that you've made the wrong decision, fuck them. Fuck them. Who cares? Life is short. Wear what makes you feel good. Stuff anyone who has a negative opinion. That's just my thoughts. And also, when people are confident, they look hot. She looks so uncomfortable in that second shirt, though. Yeah, exactly. She's standing there, like, readjusting it. And I'm yeah, like, like, if you feel good in something, if you have confidence in what you're wearing, like, oh my god, the feeling. I don't know if this is just me, but when you're wearing boots that make that click noise when you're walking and it's like you just get that little bounce in your step and you're like yeah I am feeling myself or like when you've just got a haircut and you're just like mm, I look fucking good you know you look hot and then you feel hot and that makes you look even hotter like confidence is key and I'm talking way too long about this for a podcast that is about supernatural but I just that's just how I feel about it I'm sorry I will shut up now <laughs> Okay, let's go to the very next scene where they're in the mm-hmm. car, right? Okay, yeah. They're imminent, making out. Imminent murder, yeah. Imminent murder. They hear, like, scraping of the hook on the metal the side. Screeching, yeah. And instead of just being like, oh, this is kind of creepy, let's go somewhere else. Let's drive away. And drive away. I mean, that probably would have heard them based on everything that we find out later on. Yeah. But instead of doing the rational thing mm. and just being like, I'm going to drive away let's from this leave. situation, let's call it a night, like, He decides to get out the car and get murdered. Oh, I know. It's like, in that situation, you just leave. 
you don't hang around to fucking find out. Here is what annoyed me so much about the murder scene. The first one where he gets like hung upside down over the car. Yeah. She has her mobile on her. We know because her dad called her and she hung up on him. So we know that she has a mobile. We know that it is working and charged. We know that she's within reception. Why is she not dialing 911? If I was in that position, my first thought would be, I need help. My second thought would be, no one is here. My third thought would be, I have a phone. I think we've reached the thrilling sequel to Men Are Stupid and Horny. It's (laughs) Women Are Stupid and Not Horny. (laughs) Yeah, we're all stupid. It's just whether you're horny or not. It's just whether you're horny or not. Which I think segues really nicely into today's PSA. I think it's a really easy one for you to guess this week. No means no, motherfucker! Consent is important. They're sitting there. They're making out. That's great. You do what you want. And he starts like trying to fill her up under her shirt. And she's like, nah, not tonight. Yeah. No, thanks. No. Very No means no. She says no. Mm -hmm. And then he tries to do it again. And then I feel like he kind of deserves to get murdered by a hook-hand man. Because he didn't respect her saying no. Yeah, and to be fair, that is why he died. It is. It is directly linked to his cause of death. There you go, fellas. Take fucking no. She says no. No means no. Respect it. Or a crazy spirit with a very sharp metal hook will murder you and hang you upside down over a car. And then you're not going to get laid at all. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that pretty well sums sums it up. Wow. We're very clear and concise today. Speaking of things that are stupid, sometimes people say things and you just kind of think to yourself, you probably could have worded that better. In fact, I'm sure people listening to this right now have had that thought multiple times throughout our episode. Probably literally in the last section. Yeah. Sam and Dean go to the church to see the, the reverend give his sermon and they end up speaking to Laurie, I think her name is, who is yes. the girl who... Laurie is the preacher's daughter. Yeah, who all of the, the murders are connected to. And um, they don't spot that until like really late in the episode though. Like in terms of like, even when they just connect it back to the the preacher itself, they don't connect it to the preacher until way later. It's like the person in the car performing the immoral acts was a preacher's daughter. It's right there. (laughs) The thing that bothered me was that like when they go out and they're talking to Laurie and then they're being like, you know, oh, we're sorry that we heard like what happened. and, And Sam just goes... I saw someone get hurt once. I did. I did notice that moment. And I was like, you could have said so many things. You could have been like, I'm so sorry for your loss. Like, I recently lost someone too. And I I know how you, you know, I know how you feel. You could have said anything. I saw someone get hurt once. Yeah, me fucking too, Sam. I saw someone put a band-aid on last week. It's just, it's so, like, wishy-washy. And And it downplays the severity of, oh, yeah, I watched my girlfriend burn to death on the ceiling. Yeah, and it's... I saw someone get hurt once. Yeah, they're very equivalent. Yeah. It's like when someone's talking about, like, depression, and they're like, oh, you're just sad. We all get bummed out sometimes. Yeah, and it's like, oh, honey, sweetie, no. (laughs) It is not the same. I just thought it was just... The, the most casual, dumbed-down version of what has actually happened. And I was like, you're not only, like, kind of, like, seemingly invalidating her experience by making it sound like it was a very casual sort of thing, 
But you're also like downplaying Jess's death so much. Just like, and I obviously he can't go into detail and be like, oh yeah, I saw like my girlfriend burned to death on the ceiling like six weeks ago. That was a bit weird. But just the way that it was presented and just, I saw someone get hurt once. I don't know. It just, it tickled me a little bit. Just the way they put it across. I think I'm going to continue on with a conversation we've been having for the last couple of episodes. How bad Sam and Dean are at not raising red flags. They are not subtle. The first episode, they don't really get called out on it a lot. Like, they sort of get away with a decent amount of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, they're really not very good at it, are they? Here's the thing. Um, they have the subtlety of men in their early 20s. So, to be fair, <laughs> true to form, like, it's just, they're not very generally I mean, maybe it's just the men in their early 20s that I have had interactions with. But in my experience, they're about as subtle as that. So it's actually pretty in character. But they're just so bad. Like, every cover they have immediately falls apart. Yeah, and somehow they manage to get people to go along with them anyway. And they still manage to get people to go along with them anyway. Too damn charismatic. Can we talk for a hot second? I know this is, like, really changing the topic. When, like, she has the fight with her dad and she's like, Dad, like, I'm a grown woman and you can't tell me what to do anymore. And I was like, yeah, you fucking tell him. You know, you live your life. You do what you want. And then she, like, goes inside and she goes up to see her roommate and they've, like, been planning on, like, hanging out or whatever. Obviously, the roommate's gone to bed early. No worries. She goes and gets ready for bed. Yada, yada. The roommate is alive when she goes to bed. Goes to bed with the door wide open, I might add. Which is an insane choice. What kind of fucking psycho goes to sleep with the bedroom door open? Do you go to sleep with the bedroom door open? Not personally, Would you no. dream of it in your fucking life? Maybe if I lived alone. Oh, even if I lived alone, no way in hell am I going to sleep with the bedroom door open. I don't know what it is about it, but it feels insecure. It feels very vulnerable, you know? No, I, that's psychotic. But anyway, moving along. I'm actually more specific about making sure I shut my wardrobe doors before I go to bed than I am about my bedroom door. That's so funny to me. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but ever since I was a kid and I got like a wardrobe with sliding doors in yeah. my bedroom, uh-huh. like they have to be closed before I go to bed. I can't go to bed without them closed. I close all the doors in my room. So I've got like the door to come into my room, the wardrobe door, and then the bathroom door. And I close all three of them before I go to sleep and all the blinds. Nothing is open when I go to sleep. Nothing. I'm entombed in my room. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm paranoid. But uh, no, I don't know how you could sleep with the bedroom door open. That is insane to me. The reason that I bring this up, besides the door, is that her roommate is like clearly is alive before she goes to bed because we see how she's breathing. She like rolls over in her sleep, whatever. And then she goes to sleep and she wakes up the next morning and she sees like the bloodbath that is her roommate's bed. It's just everywhere. It's horrible. And on the wall, it says... Aren't you glad you didn't turn on the light? Which makes no sense. No, it doesn't. Because the roommate was still alive when she would have turned on the light. So what would she have seen? Nothing. Her roommate asleep. She would have pissed off her roommate if she turned on the light. But also, if she turned on the light, even if you're wrong and the roommate was actually dead at this point, right? Yeah. If she turned on the light, she would have just discovered the body earlier. Maybe the implication is that she would have seen him in the room, but he can be invisible. So that doesn't make sense either. I will say though, that wall, hell of a late night for Bob, our dedicated janitor, to fix. 
Because it's not just blood. He's got to, like, fix the fucking plaster on that he shit. He better have gotten, like, an extra tip for that shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. He should be charging double his normal rate. Wait, I just had a horrible, sad thought about Bob the Ghost Janitor. Does he get paid at all? Like, I know we made the joke about him getting a cut of the soul or whatever, but what happens when the monster gets defeated and dies? Does he just not get paid? Is there a union? <laughs> Is there a ghost janitor union? Or does he just not show up? And does he go, and eh, the people can deal with that. The living people can deal with that. If I'm not getting paid. To be paid. fair, though, he didn't, he didn't clean up either of the crime scenes in this episode. Yeah, I guess so. Although I do think he had a hand in cleaning up in Bloody Mary because there was so much blood in that bathroom and when they went for the wake, it was so spotless. I'm like, dang, that is some supernatural power right there. I feel bad. Maybe Bob doesn't get paid. Maybe he's a volunteer. Maybe he does it out of the goodness of his heart. The evilness of his heart. The deadness of his heart? You keep working on that, Bethany, okay? <laughs> I'll update you when I figure it out. Yeah, but no, like, she was, she was alive. So it doesn't matter if the light was on or not. And then I think later in the episode they mentioned that it's like part of the mythology of the Hookman. I don't know. It just felt like that was weird. It was weird for me. I didn't understand that bit. Okay. I'm going to talk about a bit of in-universe logic because there was one other thing that kind of, I was like, wow, that's convenient for you specifically. (laughs) They climb up the side of the building. They don't know where the crime scene actually is. And they just happen to get into the wardrobe. To get yeah. into the wardrobe, which, by the way, I've never seen a walk-in wardrobe with, with window. fucking windows. Yeah, because you get changed in there. They just happen to walk into the walk-in wardrobe for literally the bedroom where the crime scene is. Yeah, I know, and I love the. I was thinking about this when I was watching it. Like, there's this really great moment of them going in, and it's like, "Be quiet, you be quiet, you be quiet," and like this, like very sibling, like, "No, you shut up, you shut up," um, moment. But then they get in there, and there's a cop in the next room i'm like there is no damn way they did not hear you have that little scuffle the door's not even closed (laughs) and then the cop just conveniently walks away yeah to be fair though i think this is probably the most complicated case that they've had so far like correct me if you think i'm wrong but i feel like this one had a lot more like running around and it was like more they didn't know who was at fault like originally they thought maybe that it was like a Spirit and it is, but then they were like, well, if it's Hookman, how is he related? And then they sort of found out, oh, maybe it's through the reverend. And then they were like, well, maybe it's through the daughter. And then they burned the bones, but that didn't work. And then it was like, well, maybe it's the hook. And then they had to find out what happened to the hook. And then it was this, you know. And I feel like this episode had a lot more research and like running around. I feel like the last few have been sort of like they figure out what it is on the first go and then they just kind of figure out a way to defeat it. And there's like been twists through it, but this one felt more like. They kind of had to keep going back to the drawing board. See, I don't know. For me, it didn't feel like they had to keep going back to the drawing board because they never really had to start over. Like, they always sort of assumed it was some sort of spirit and it was just like they were putting the pieces together and working out whose spirit it was to start with and then who it was using or who was channeling the spirit to kill these people. Like, and those are the only two real things that they learn about it, basically. Mm. So for me, I didn't really feel like it was more complicated than any of the other ones simply because it was like, I I almost think that uh, Dead in the Water in terms of plot was more complicated. That's true, actually. Yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know. Maybe it was just me watching it. I feel like because I've watched a lot more like recently, the like newer seasons and stuff, there's a lot less of them like at the library 
mm. and like that kind of. Sort I of definitely thing. think this is an episode where they showed more of their research. Yeah, so and maybe a lot that's more why. of their research seemed like traditional research. All the other episodes, their research is talking to witnesses or Google or Google. Yeah, well, not really Google. They or an unnamed internet search Under-named browser. <laughs> internet search browser. It's all been very sort of like it's either eyewitness interviews or it's rudimentary online or it's going through their own resources. Yeah, whereas this is more like public or library archives. This is archives. the first time they've had to go through public archives and they've actually had to sit down with resources that are not their own. And it's not even like the first time that they've used like public spaces and, and no. stuff as well. But I don't know, I felt like for some reason this episode just struck me as they just did a lot more of it. Okay, let's talk about burning and salting the bones, right? Okay. So they have to burn and salt the bones because they can't just burn the bones. No. They have to be burned and salted. Yep. That is something they specifically say in this episode to get rid of the spirit that is following the preacher's daughter. Mm-hmm. They have to burn and salt the bones. It's a purification thing. It's a purification thing. They say it specifically we have to do it. Yeah. They then burn and salt the bones. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. That's great. Okay. Turns out that the hook that he murdered people with because it was – a prosthetic counted as part of his body. Yeah, it's a tether. I assume they'd have to burn and salt it, right? But they don't salt it. They, they just burn it. They don't salt it. But if just burning it is enough, why didn't the reforging process? Oh, that's a good point. Do they, why didn't that stop it from being a tether? Do they put salt on the fire? I didn't see them do it because they, they didn't say anything about salting the silver. They just said we've just got to. They just said we've got to burn it. I guess. If you're melting a metal down for the purpose of reshaping it, you wouldn't let it touch the fire. You would have it in a separate container, as it were. It's not like a crucible. Oh, well, there you go. Learn something new every day. You would have it in a crucible, and then that would be separate to the flames, which, again, the fire is another, like, purification symbolism. So, I don't know. I guess I've never really thought about it. I, I would have assumed that there would have been salt in there somewhere. But I, I can't think right now if I remember them actually using it at all, like other than on the bones. I understand like bones turn to ash. Mm. That's great. Wow. Silver doesn't turn to ash. Like <laughs> and certainly not in a fire like that. Yeah. It would I assumed be so that it was hot. sort of like the complete destruction that was necessary to purify things. <laughs> Sorry. I just Googled the melting temperature of silver. You want to know how theoretically hot that small like fireplace fire was i want you to have a guess okay i'm gonna guess this is just the melting look, point not the boiling point or anything the, but melting, the melting point of silver is somewhere like 1200 degrees celsius it is less but you're not that far off it's 961.8 degrees celsius which if you added like kelvins to that like you're actually like if you converted that to kelvin you're pretty damn close i thought it was a bit higher Apparently, to melt silver at home, you would need, like, your own furnace or some kind of, like, super powerful, like, propane torch. It seems like an average fire. Like, that is... Yeah, it's just like a normal fireplace. Yeah. You know what, though? I would be really fucking pissed if I was the preacher and I get home from being in the hospital after being... And all of my silver has been thrown in the fireplace. All of your ancient, like, artifacts are just... They're gone. They're just gone. Whoops. But, I mean, to be fair, that melting point is for pure silver. I wonder if it's, mm, like... Different for... For alloy, alloys or compounds, if that makes a difference. And if so, does that mean that... 
having a spirit attached to the silver, does that make the melting point lower? Oh, or higher? That's or does it change it? Like, does it? Like, I guess this is interesting. Like, so from like a chemistry perspective, what is a spirit? Like, what is a soul composed of? Yeah. And does it impact the melting point of the vessel? Because even, like, you know, you think about air. Like, you wouldn't think of air having a mass, but it does. Like, oxygen and, like, nitrogen and carbon dioxide, they all have masses, weights and things. So if we assume, because we, we, would, we would assume that a soul cannot be a solid or a liquid, at least within the realms of, like, general... So we're assuming a soul is gaseous. Yes, we would have to assume a soul is gaseous because it can dissipate. But it then fills the volume of its container. It be, <laughs> but then, okay. But then it must have a composition, right? Like it's made of things. Like it has to be made of atoms. But if it's What's made of it atoms, made of? does that mean that when it manifests, it just changes its own temperature like, to or revert own... into a liquid or a solid state? Does that mean that they all have to go through liquid to get to solid? Well, it's Does that mean ghosts are going from gas to, to liquid to solid? solid? And then the, like, the point where their liquid is just so fast that you just you don't, don't... see it, yeah. Like, you know when like, we saw Bloody Mary melt? Is it like, does the opposite happen of that just really quickly? What are they composed of? Or and are they the fourth state, plasma? Well, see, plasma is like another thing altogether because yeah. you can have ectoplasm from a really powerful spirit. You will learn about this down the track. And wow, that, very scientific. And that manifests as like a black goop like it looks almost like tar so and that has to be that has to be composed of something and like demons leave a sulfur residue so does that mean they're mostly sulfur so that's like a whole nother thing well i would think that the sulfur probably comes from the fact that they're from the depths of hell and there's a lot of sulfur surrounding volcanoes so that has to be somehow related but i guess the other thing is some spirits just waltz through things and they don't have like a physical like, they can just, like, walk through walls and stuff, right? But some spirits can also pick up and manoeuvre objects, which means that not only can they control their own density, but also their own opacity, because sometimes they're invisible, sometimes they're kind of see-through, and sometimes they look like a person. We found my crisis point. <laughs> <laughs> the last three episodes in a row I've had a crisis. We found it. It's what is the chemical composition of a spirit? Okay, so I do my PSA every episode and you're just going to have a mental breakdown. I'll have a crisis. Over logistics within the universe. I'll have a new crisis, (laughs) existential crisis, every episode apparently. This is going to keep me up at night. I'm going to have a quick Google. Oh, speaking of which, you You will be glad to know Mary, uh, Bloody Mary did not kill me in my sleep after Jamie ruthlessly invoked her in my bedroom. Uh, So, yay, I'm not dead. To be fair, we've done like two episodes since then. Well, so. I forgot to mention it, so <laughs> they get it now. <laughs> um, Great to know you haven't accidentally murdered anybody. Chemical composition of ghosts. I thought we were going to move on, but apparently not. If it, this podcast is just like 10 minute plot summary, 30 minutes of. I was expecting Google to say, sorry, we have no results. Google has results. I don't know the is legitimacy. It not in Maybe. I've got researchgate.net. So is it going to try oh, and tell us oh, it's, 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 like, it's like spirits is in alcohol. That's, oh. They're talking about like um, ethanol and stuff. That's not what I want. But this one, if ghosts existed, would they have Wait. a chemical composition? And what? Three answers. Let's find out. 
answered four years ago. This is uh, Olivia has answered this on, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's Q-U-O-R-A. Quora. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Ghosts have no material composition. No chemicals are involved. That's what one person says. Another yeah, person says... Yeah, but how do they have mass if they have no... But they have to have mass. Exactly. Because we can because see them. They're they, an object. They can interact. They, they can, can exert inter- force. Which means they, they have, have to... They have to have mass. Yeah. So they need to have some sort of chemical composition because you can't have mass without having a chemical composition. Everything is chemicals. Everything, Everything. is atoms. Everything. The mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> oh, the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. That sentence has always annoyed me too. Because it's not really. Well... Because I understand from like a very simple biological, yes. like it's, it's an easy analogy. Also, it's the wrong fucking, what's the word? When it's, it's the wrong, like when it's a plural or not. Oh, it's, it's not it's, mitochondria, it's mitochondrion. Yeah, because the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. It doesn't make any fucking sense because mitochondria is the plural. It should be the mitochondrion is the powerhouse of the cell. But then that doesn't make sense either because you have multiple mitochondrion within each cell, hence why we say mitochondria. So the sentence doesn't make sense. It's biology meaning English and the marriage is not happy. So mitochondria are the powerhouses of the cell. Yes. Come at me. <laughs> Actually, don't. Why does everyone... This is like the fourth time you've said fight me on the podcast. And I swear I need God, to God, you're normally more chill than I am. I need to stop having opinions. Normally, um, I'm the one who's telling people to fight me. Stealing my brand, Bethany. I cannot... I don't have time right now to do enough research into what ghosts are made of. I am going... This is going to keep me up tonight. It's going to be a blog post. Like, three years down the track, you'll be like, I finally fucking this is what figured I'm, it out. This, I'm studying nutrition. This is going to be what my PhD is on. It's going to have nothing to do with food. It will be what... If ghosts do exist, what in fact is their chemical... If we can figure out what the fucking chemical composition of the sun is, we would be able to figure out the chemical composition of a ghost. Issue is ghosts aren't real. Jamie, that is yet to be determined. (laughs) If they exist, which they might, we don't know. We can't disprove them. Yeah, but we also can't prove them, and I feel like at this point we've had plenty of opportunities to try. Look, you make a good point. My theory is that we don't know much. Like, we feel like we know a lot. We don't actually know a lot. I just feel like there are some things that science has not got an explanation for yet. I think there is a science there. I just don't think we understand it yet. This is irrelevant. We are getting so sidetracked. I'll come back to you with my thoughts on what ghosts are chemically composed of. So... We are, yeah, we were just discussing whether or not a ghost attachment would alter the melting point of silver. And then you went into a whole tangent about what is the chemical composition of ghosts. (laughs) Maybe I'll hit up my lecturer. Okay. (laughs) You get back to us on that. What a university professor is going to say when you go. Hello. What do you think the chemical composition of a ghost would be? And also... (laughs) If we mixed it with uh, with silver, what would be the outcome of the melting point? It so would be in the next exam. Like your your chemistry professor? Just yeah, gonna... I'll email him. Yeah. He's he's really nice. <laughs> no, I probably won't. I'll sit on it and I'll think about it and I'll come back. I'm sorry, I need to stop going off on tangents. Okay, coming back to Supernatural for a hot minute. At this point in the episode... Sam has strategically run into this woman so many times. If I was her, I'd think he was stalking me. 
Again, the whole, they're not subtle. Red flags go law. I know. He's like, I'll watch the house. He literally sits on a bench outside her house, very visible from the window. But also, when she comes out to call him, like, on his BS and be like, why the hell are you sitting out the front of my house? He literally tells her. I know. I'm watching you. I know. And then she kisses him. And I'm like, your boyfriend just died. His girlfriend just died. You don't know that. But he knows that. Too much kissing is happening. Too much. Too much. And I remember, like, three episodes ago, you were telling me, Dean is the ladies' man. Dean is the one that they send to talk to female witnesses. I Dean mean, is- am I wrong? Like, in a ratio? Yeah, but you implied <laughs> there was no ratio, that they were going for a binary effect between the brothers. They, I mean, they usually do push it. I think this one, it does make more sense for Sam to talk to her because they have gone through recent tragic losses of the same nature. But, but did they, though? I mean, both their partners were murdered. I feel like Sam was probably in a more long-term committed relationship than Laurie and whoever she was with were in. Still, they both lost people. You look like you're so done with my shit. You're like, Bethany, you made me sit here and listen to you talk about sodium and ghosts for half an hour and now... <laughs> you're at your wit's end. Look, I'm just... Here's the thing. Dean watched his girlfriend burn to death on the ceiling. Did he? I thought it was Sam. Yeah, you're correct. <laughs> Dean watched his mother. Sam, Sam watched, watched his, his girlfriend. Girl. I understand but why it's But Sam actually also watched his mother burn to death on the ceiling. Oh, Jesus. Sam's two for two. Two for two. Fuck. Poor Sam. And then Dean watched Sam's girlfriend burn to death on the ceiling. They're both two for two. They're both two for two. Anyway. These poor boys have been through some shit. And it's only season one. So here's the thing. Yeah. Sam watched his girlfriend burn to death on the ceiling. Yeah. Right? He knows about the supernatural. He knows something weird's going down. His mother also died in the same way. He also dreamt about it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know what's happening, but he does know that it's something supernatural, right? He is not in any way responsible at this point, really. No. Like, they haven't given us any evidence to suggest that it's, it's his Sam's fault. fault that people around him keep on getting killed by burning to death on the ceiling, which is very specific. Yeah. <laughs> weird that it happened twice. <laughs> weird that it happened twice. Whereas Laurie accidentally tethered an evil spirit to her soul. Mm-hmm. And then anytime she got slightly uncomfortable by people's expressions or their morality, mm. accidentally sick this evil spirit on them and murdered them. But again, it's kind of like from Bloody Mary, like the like daughter who summoned Bloody Mary. Like it wasn't her fault directly. She didn't know what she was doing. She didn't mean to. It wasn't like her intent. It was just like shitty timing. But also like Bloody Mary, it sort of ends with her being like, Setting it on herself. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Like, because of the which guilt. Which comes immediately after Dean and Sam are like, oh, it can't be the preacher. No one would set this on themselves. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I noticed that too. And, and then they immediately have Laurie set it on herself because she feels guilty because she's realised that she is the connection. Mm. That anytime she thought what somebody was doing was immoral, she was accidentally setting this evil spirit on them. By the way, I feel like we haven't really emphasize but the spirit is fucking hook hand man i know i know he looks like captain hook he's fucking hook man all i could think this entire episode was like car door hook hand oh do you know what i I really like whatever effect they used to get the like rips in the plaster like when you know where he is because you can see where the hook is dragging i i thought that was very well done i don't know how they did it but i enjoyed it I did like that special effect. You know what special effect I didn't like? When they're in the church and it drags Laurie. I knew you were going to fucking say that, yeah. (laughs) It is so goddamn obvious that they just have like a 
like she's just on a rope. You know, she she's obviously on a harness. She's got the rope, and they're just like pulling her backwards on a rope, and they've hidden her under the rug. Sweet Jesus, there is. I usually have more time for the special effects than you do. You're pretty ruthless when it comes to like you know the production quality of things. Oh god, which season is it? Season thirteen finale, I think. And they use wires like they're suspended for this one particular scene. And it is the dumbest fucking thing I have ever seen. Season 13 wouldn't have the it was 2005 excuse. No. And they also don't have the no budget excuse. Because Supernatural by that point was the cash cow of the CW. Like they could do whatever they wanted. They had 15 fucking seasons. And they like on record said we'll do it as long as Jensen and Jared will do it. There's and a Bo Burnham quote that I'm thinking of in this moment. It's like, we'll stop flogging that dead horse when it stops spitting out money. Exactly. That is exactly the energy. It is like, it is the dumbest fucking choice that they have, not that they've ever made, but it was a terrible, terrible choice. And I absolutely cannot wait. If you have seen the show, you immediately know what I'm talking about. It looks so dumb. It is so anticlimactic. It is just the shittiest fucking thing it looks so stupid. You're going to love to hate it. It's going to give you so much material. While we're talking sort of about special effects, etc., mm-hmm. I'm going to touch on... I haven't really spoken a lot about the lighting and direction in the last couple of episodes. Mm. And I'd like to note now, for the record, the reason I'm not talking about the lighting and direction isn't because it's gotten any better. <laughs> it's because it's just as bad. I'm just slowly getting used to not being able to see anything. Yeah, your eyes are adjusting to the My dim. eyes are adjusting to the darkness. And I don't like it, but if they're not egregiously bad, I'm not pointing them out because I feel like I've spoken enough. You're a broken record at this point. I'm a broken record at this point. It's, yeah, it's definitely something that I was like, I knew as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, this is going to be a never-ending cycle. Because, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get better. It doesn't. But no, unless I'm spotting something truly horrific in, or something that's truly like, I'm just looking at it going... That is the the worst possible choice. Mm-hmm. I'm just not pointing it out. Unless I say something specifically about it, my opinion remains the same. <laughs> and that's that the direction and lighting do not impress me. And I will mention if something is truly hideous or something is truly gorgeous. But at this point, I'm just like, nah, I'm good. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. I, I remember I had a point. There's this one scene. Okay. They've okay. just posed as frat boys to get into the frat house. Yeah. Where the dude was like... Dude, he wasn't murdered in the frat house, but the he was a he, he was, was a member of, of the fraternity. Yeah, and they walk in and like they've been assigned a room with a roommate. And the guys like painting himself purple. And the guys like painting himself purple. Yeah. All I could think of was like twenty twelve Tumblr Homestuck the bathtub. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about. No. So I'm I've never seen Homestuck. I've never been involved with no, it at no. all. I am also not involved in Homestuck. I never watched it. I just saw the aftermath. On Tumblr. Okay. Right. Enlighten me. So basically, when Homestuck become a thing, because some of the characters are not normal people colours, they're either like blue or like purple, they're in that sort of colour family, a whole bunch of people wanted to cosplay at them at cons. So apparently there was this one cosplay, I think they might have been great, because I'm pretty sure there was this one cosplay and they wanted to cosplay as a Homestuck character. Yeah. And what they did in the hotel bar was they dumped a bunch of Sharpies in it and tried to dye their body that colour. And so there's all these stories about like Homestuck fans being the worst hotel guests in that era because they're all playing 
like these characters that are not normal people color, but they they're don't know how to, to dye their skin. And they're trying to skin. dye their skin. They're trying to paint their skin, and if they're using like actual body paint, they're not sealing it. So every surface they touch, it's rubbing off on. And that's all I could think of in this scene. Like all the horror stories I heard from like, I want to say like 2012 to 2014 Tumblr about people trying to cosplay as Homestuck and getting paint Paint fucking everywhere. everywhere. I can't imagine though that this guy is like using body paint. It kind of looks like he just like went to Bunnings, got a free tester pot of paint and just stuck a brush in it and was like, yeah, this will do on my body. See, I wasn't thinking, I was thinking more like a, Acrylic paint. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like painting paint rather than painting house, paint rather than painting house paint. paint. Is their school mascot straight up purple man? Because there were like purple man signs in the dorm room, and I'm like, I think maybe that's just his nickname. Because the girls had like Laurie and Taylor on their on their doors, and a note from some guy called Paul. No, but this is like like there's a poster, and it says like purple man, and it like has what a weird mascot. <laughs> did you did your high school have like mascots for like your not really. Sake? Like, we had names for the teams. Yeah, But, same. like, they didn't really have mascots. Purple Man is a weird mascot. I'll give you that. Okay. Let's talk about some character development. I love that you're the one bringing this up and not me. Yes, I would love to. Go on. Let's talk about Sam for a minute. He goes, parties weren't my experience. Mm-hmm. And all I could think was, he had a study so he could be that law boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's his only personality trait. is <laughs> anger and law boy. We've got two now. Two traits for Sam. Anger and law boy. That's fun. God, I really wish they gave us some more development for Sam. It's kind of depressing at this point. Like, what? This is the seventh episode? We're seven episodes in. We already know so much about Dean. Like, last episode he was making references to Star Trek and stuff. Like, we know so much about his personality. And Sam's is just... We know nothing. We don't know any of his interests outside of law. But even then, like, we make a lot of jokes about law boy. And I've just sort of... Attached myself to that. Yeah. I don't actually know anything about that. Lawboy is a very recent meme. Like, it's from yes. season 16, the internet season. I'm obviously clearly not I, up to season 16 yet. I think it's actually based on this episode, because it's his email. Lawboy is his email. Wait. Um... Is is this the email where you actually see Lawboy? Oh my god, this is hilarious. So I just looked up the screenshot of the email that he gets. The subject Ooh. that she sent in the email that her Give brother Sam's friend... Give me this juicy, actual, relevant to the episode content. She titled the email in which she tells Sam that his friend, her brother, has been arrested and charged with murder. This is the wrong episode. Oh, fuck. It's from last episode. <laughs> it's from last episode. Okay, it's still relevant. And I did bring up Lawboy last episode this is, as well. So. This is from... So this is from Skin. Yes, right? this is from Skin. Uh, for clarity, we're recording these back-to-back, so uh, <laughs> uh, it gets confusing. But So this is the email that he gets in Skin from Beck. Her email is just little sis, which is like, you couldn't have had any creativity with that. But no, it's... Look, I know that we mostly divine younger siblings on being younger siblings and the younger sibling energy they, they exude. Do. But that's taking it to a whole other okay. level. So the title of the email is just bad news, straight to the point. It's addressed to Sam Winchester, law boy, on Monday the 5th of December 2005, lawboy at stanford.edu. I don't know about you, but when I went to uni, they mm. didn't give us, like, choice over what our email was. No, it's just, like, the first, like, five letters of your surname, the first letter of your first name, and then, like, a number code. And normally the number code isn't even all that unique. It's literally just 
whatever number you were to have that exact combination of letters. Yeah. Is her email also from Stanford? Hers is not as clear. So you can't tell? She, yeah. She could be little.sis at stanford.edu. But yes, no, that's where the law boy comes from. It's it's from his email from the previous episode. Let's talk about the grave of, like, the, the ancient creature for a minute. Like, oh, yeah. They were like, he's in an unmarked grave. Right. Yeah. That grave is not fucking unmarked. I know. It's like unmarked means like there's nothing. He had a full headstone and like a very like elaborate carving. That's not unmarked. That's just a normal gravestone. They just omitted his name. Like that's very convenient. This this entire episode is just like, oh, well, that's convenient. I mean, the whole show is, well, that's convenient, isn't it? Let's talk about basically like the final scene of this episode, right? So it's all wrapped up. They worked it out. It's all coming like, together. Where they're saying goodbye and there's, like, the ambulance and stuff. Where they're saying goodbye, there's the ambulance and stuff. And, like, he's talking to the copper. Mm-hmm. And the copper's talking to him. And he walks off in the middle of the sentence that the copper is saying. I know. I <laughs> was like, like, yes. Bye. I love that the officer is like, right, you listen here. He's like, yeah, yeah, we're leaving town. Like, don't even fucking bother. Like, yeah, I, I've heard this a thousand times. Bye. It is sad, like, when Dean is watching Sam in the rearview mirror. In the, or the side view mirror, rather. And he's just, like, seeing him interact with Laurie. And he, like, he even offers, like, you know, we could stay if you wanted to stay. I think it's it was a nice moment of, like, showing that Dean was, like, checking on Sam, I guess. Because we've established by this point, they don't talk to each other, but they are very codependent. Like, they're, they don't share anything, but also they share everything. And so it's kind of nice, I guess, to see some, like, genuine, like, concern about Sam's well-being. All right. So, Jamie, having got to the end of today's podcast, what would you rate Hookman out of five? I think I'm going to give it like a 2.5. Oh, God, we've really slid back. We got, Bloody Mary got a four, which was the highest, and the next yeah. two episodes you've slowly decreased back. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it was about this episode, but just some of the gaps in logic drove me insane. And it was very clear they were trying to make it twisty and turny and make it sort of have plot twists, etc. throughout. But none of the plot twists really worked. And I do enjoy that there's a decent amount of foreshadowing for all of them. But a lot of it, it was me sort of going, you have all of this information. How are you not putting the dots together? Like, it's really obvious stuff. They're talking about, like, the connection between the preacher, you know, 200 years ago. They're just conveniently forgetting to mention that the person who both victims so far have been associated with is the daughter of a preacher. Like, you're really not putting those two things together. So that kind of just annoyed me. And I just, it definitely felt like they were just trying to be like, oh, well, we should have, like, Hookman's an urban legend. We should have a Hookman episode. And it felt kind of like they didn't really know what to do with it, but they just felt like they had to do it. And it's also back-to-back. It's very similar to the last episode, I kind of feel, in terms of, like, their settings. So when Kripke created the show, one of the things that he stressed is that he wanted it to be about, like, urban legends around middle America kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I guess, like, this first season, like, that's really the vibe that they were going for. Like, that's exactly, like, yeah, it's about urban legends. It's about the small towns. It's about that sort of aesthetic, I guess, of, like, the small town that's plagued by a mysterious monster. And I definitely think that it works better in some episodes than others. Bloody Mary works really well. The way they developed the story and actually made it, they gave it a new twist. It was slightly different. They definitely gave it a new sort of layer. I just don't feel like they really did this with Hookman. I think it also does feel a bit like a rehash of Bloody Mary. So it's it's just too similar, too close together. Yeah. And it just didn't offer me anything new. So it's like, it was fine. The next episode is called 
bugs, what do you think bugs might be about? <laughs> okay, so hear me out. Yeah. It's okay. about the extinction of bees. Just no bees anywhere in the episode. You know, bees are going extinct. They're trying to raise awareness for social issues. They're going to really show us what it would be like in a world without bees. No, actually, I've heard some things about this episode. Yeah. Mainly that they locked the actors in with actual fucking bees <laughs> and then discovered that actual bees don't really show up show up very well on camera. So they just added them again in CGI. special effects. Yeah. No, I love the idea that they would have an episode that was just like one 40-minute long PSA about the danger of running out of bees. If that was to happen, it would be a cast-centric point-of-view episode and it would be my favourite episode of Supernatural. I can tell you right now, that would be an incredible 40 minutes. I would watch Castiel 40-minute long PowerPoint presentation about the importance of bees and how we need to stop them from going extinct. I would love it so much. I wish that was an episode of Supernatural. But yes, no, I think uh, Bugs has a mixed... Yeah. I say mixed. It's pretty much known as, like, a bad episode throughout. It, like, it gets made fun of a lot in terms of, like... Like, the the show makes fun of it in later seasons, like, itself. So, you know, when they're making fun of it themselves, it's not great. So, I think that that will be a fun one for you and probably one where I feel very attacked. <laughs> anyway, if you've listened this long to our... Well, mostly my ramblings then uh, thanks. <laughs> I mean, this is also the seventh episode, so if we've managed to oh. keep people in for like seven whole hours at this point. Jesus fucking Christ. I think that's it. Bye. Well done. Yes. Yeah.